I do a, a lot of really extensive analysis on a variety of topics that are important to business owners. And um, my specialty focuses on a lot of businesses that really need that analysis. Welcome to the Happy Dog Soundbites podcast. Today's guest is Russell Bernstein, and Russell needs no introduction, but I have the best introduction ever because I did get it from his website. And I do have to ask Russell how he likes to bring the muscle to the hustle. So, Russell, <laughs> tell me, how yeah. do you bring the muscle to the hustle? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I made that uh, trademark. Um, uh, back when I first started BNI, um, and uh, and it, it it was created, um, <laughs> it was it was created because like there's a lot of uh, interesting aspects of business culture in the in small business culture in the New Orleans area, um, and uh, uh, I'm an athlete as well, um, and so. It's just kind of a combination of those two things to kind of um, appeal to the business owners locally. Um, but um, some people are actually intimidated by my slogan. And um, uh, I, it takes – it's a nice to have, but uh, I'm – you know, in my role, you, you do really need to act more as an intermediary between two parties – uh, rather than trying to force people to buy or sell something. Um, so in terms of bring what I do bring in terms of the muscle, um, uh, I do a, a lot of really extensive analysis on a variety of topics that are important to business owners. And um, my specialty focuses on a lot of businesses that really need that analysis. So that's pretty much it. You know, that, okay, they, well, that, that diligent, you know, type of person um, is going to get stuff done and do it quickly and be motivated. You know, I make lots of phone calls too. Um, some brokers just list stuff. Um, but I, I really get out there and I, I make lots of phone calls. You definitely have a hands-on approach, even before this podcast started. I mean, I, you're literally on the phone, like right as we we're getting going. So I can tell you're <laughs> very much a hands-on uh, type person. And uh, learning a little bit more about yourself, you said you were an athlete. Uh, what specific sports or why would you call yourself an athlete? I used to play professional water polo in Europe. I uh, was oh. on the U- U.S. national team. Um I played in an NCAA Division One championship. Not, we didn't win the NCAA Division One championships. We lost by one goal, but a championship um, winning team. We did win some other championships in Division One, and uh, won okay. uh, high school championships as well. That's incredible. Well, it's a, that's a great career. Um, and we'll dive a little bit more later in, into about your your personal life. And you touched a little bit on your business, but can you expand a little bit more about and just tell me a little bit more about your business? Um, sure. Um, I'm a business broker. I help people value, buy, and sell businesses. Um, 
a lot of people think that I'm just a commercial realtor and I often have to remind them, you know, I, I sell the operating, the moving parts within the empty space, um, including the empty space. So not just okay. the box that you lease or buy, but the, the entire entity that some many parts of a business you can't actually touch. You know, it's just the way that people interact with each other, you know, the services that people provide, um, the knowledge that they share, whatever it is, um, whatever your business is, providing products or services. Um, I, uh, I help you sell that business. It takes a long time to, to sell a business. It's not like selling a house. Um, and some businesses don't actually end up selling because they evaporate they stop they cease to exist you know it's not like regular real estate where it's just a matter of time before um somebody pays the price that you want what size transaction like what's the range that you typically work in for transactions for uh, selling a business i've only been a business broker for three years um so i'm still um you know kind of earning my stripes um the higher you go up in numbers, the more stripes you need to have for people to trust you with that level of transaction. But it's all the same amount of work, um, regardless of the size of the business. Um, I've sold businesses for as little as $10,000. Um, and then the biggest one that I sold was uh, a little over $600,000. That included, nice. that's that's included that's a good real range. estate. Yeah, but I'm, I'm moving it, it, up. It, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it. Uh, it does take muscle for that kind of hustle when you're getting that. Uh, when the, those large, I mean, there's probably so much paperwork that go, that's involved with those larger transactions. The really, really big transactions, and when I say really big, that's relative um, to me. For me, really big is like a transaction in excess of five million dollars, in my mind. And yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely those businesses would have an enormous amount of paperwork involved um, and and beyond the transaction as well. Um, Most small businesses, once it's transacted, it's done. But the bigger the businesses are, um, there's actually a lot more that goes into it after the sale occurs to ensure that it's um, that it's working. Okay, and. Some of the people I've been talking to uh, have a tendency to, to work in the turnaround industry or are involved in, let's say, the TMA organization or turnaround.org. And I don't think you're an exception to that. So you work with businesses that are um, in the need of turnaround solutions. So how do you save troubled companies and return them to solvency? Mm, that's a really good question and something I'm extremely interested in providing this service to, to people who really want it. I'm still learning more about like how to find the businesses that really want this kind of help. Cause you know, most of the time I'm offering the service to people who just say no, because they don't know me, you know, but like, there's not many of us around who do this kind of work and um, it can be extremely expensive. Um, I've only, I haven't been a member of TMA for that long, but when I found it, I was like, yes, 
I definitely need to be a member of this association and I'm looking forward to getting my CTA um, one day uh, when I get some other stuff out of the way. But um, the, ser- the one of the services that I provide, I, I call uh, F-ratios. And that's what we call it. That's our internal name for it. Um, and it analyzes um, the a, ver- a variety of different financial ratios that have that are indicators of the health of the company. Um, and you use um, industry benchmarks. Uh, you compare the uh, the same ratios for your client uh, versus industry benchmarks and how everyone else is doing in the industry. And it's helpful because you can kind of see like the, you know, whether one thing is above and another thing is below the industry benchmark and like how you would move stuff around to make it operate more healthily, healthily or um, uh, what kind of goals are reasonable um, for planning for uh you know, declining sales or like in the COVID recession that we're having right now or um, planning to uh, come back from that. If you're going to um, if you are going to come back from that, like what what is the balance for you when you reach that point? And um, I think CPAs really like this kind of analysis. They don't like doing the analysis, but they they definitely <laughs> like seeing the analysis because um, they uh it, the CPA's role is um, more often more uh, connected to the client on an ongoing basis, and I provide. I would recommend providing this service on a yearly basis um, to help them with with their goals along that path. While we're maybe also trying to help them sell their business or buy another business. Okay. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like a very involved process. I mean, it's, it it sounds like this isn't just hey, let's do two meetings and this thing's done. Oh, I mean, it God. sounds like no, you really got to put in. The analysis itself takes an entire month. I mean, you could do it. Holy cow! You could do it like really quickly and just have like a table that shows you know some all the stuff that you need and do that in like a day or two. Um, but you know, there there is a lot. There's a lot more value in um, digging deeper uh, and thinking about um, those uh, those issues over a longer period of time, um, and not just like um, allowing yourself to just make a decision after just seeing the data in such a short period of time. It's there's some value in just waiting a week or two weeks or three weeks to just kind of let your analysis simmer. For a little bit, because you you will think of new things, and you will think of you will find mistakes in the analysis, and it just takes some time, you know. And when they finally engage and go through this analysis and go through this process with you, what's the first light bulb moment that goes off, insinuating that they should have done this sooner? Um, most of the time it has to do with their short-term debt and how much of it they have. And it also uh, has to do then with uh, how they set up the structure of um, uh, the, the invest with the investors who own the business and setting expectations for what happens if it goes sour, because um, 
you know, when there is an exorbitant amount of short-term debt on the books, um, it, I mean, the one easy way is, oh, we just need to sell more stuff. But, I mean, sometimes that's not realistic. And so to be smart about your debt, you need to recapitalize that debt in a long-term basis with the investors. And they're not going to like that. And so that's what, to answer your question, um, helping to establish better uh, expectations at the beginning of your relationship is, is really important because then um, these problems are more likely to be solved rather than just debated about. Exactly. And I'm sure that's almost a day one thing. Get everybody on the same page and let's move forward. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so what is, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to comment more generally on relationships as well. Like once you, when it's too late, like, um, did you also need to reflect upon your leadership development, like your soft skills, you know, um, because that's going to help you, uh, transition, you know, in this, in this period of time as well. Sure. And what's the, one of the common myths about your profession that you want to debunk? Mm, so many. A myth about my profession. Oh, this is a hot one for me today. these days. This is a definitely a sensitive point. Um, a lot of business owners who want to sell their business they just want me to find them a buyer. But like that's less than 10% of the value of the services that I provide. Um, finding a buyer is um, easy. You just call everybody in the industry. You know, you don't need to be a scientist uh, or like some have some kind of unique relationship development abilities. You know, um, it's uh, finding a buyer is, is simple. But cultivating a buyer and cultivating a set of buyers um, and guiding them not only through the path of their desire to take action, but also once they do take action, the path towards completing the transaction. That The last thing that I said represents at least 80% of the value of my services. So the first two things, one less than 10%, the next part definitely 10%. And then the last part, going through the transaction itself, making sure both parties understand all these different parts once they've come to an agreement and getting them through that that deal is 80% of the deal. I mean, I really wish uh, sellers didn't think that it was just me finding them a buyer. It's, it's They're not going to make it. <laughs> it's a lot the, more. They're not going to make it through the transition, the the. The process, just because I find a buyer doesn't mean they're going to make it through that process. The process is really rigorous, you know, and four months later, after they've gone through a process or a month, if on the short end, like it could be, re- it's really painful when they don't make it, they don't complete the transaction. Yeah. And uh, somebody once told me that, Hey, you don't sell milk. You sell strategy. You sell a lot of extra unknowns and un 
unseen things that go with your services. And it's same for you. It says, Hey, it's not just, here's a buyer there. You don't just sell one thing and there's so many parts that go into it. There's so much effort that goes into what you do. I can, I can just tell just by talking to you. Um, so when you do finally get to this moment and somebody does need to sell their business and let's say the pandemic floors a business. Now what sets you apart? Like how do you help them pivot better than others? Mm. Um, I like to think of lots of different strategies, lots of different strategies and they can pick which one they want to do. Um, I like to, I like to set the groundwork for realistic expectations. You know, if you choose this path, like this is what's probably going to happen. And I, I like having those conversations with people. Okay. And let's jump into tech a little bit. What is your favorite software and or app to use in business? Mm. Let's take a look. Well, for making phone calls, um, and the app really is terrible, but you need to use it on your computer anyway. Um, but it's the Mojo app. I, I use Mojo to make all my phone calls, and it allows you to make, I, they say 300 calls an hour, which is ridiculous. But, like, <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, 100 calls an hour is even a lot, although I do it often. I do often do 100 calls an hour. Usually, if I'm doing well, it's actually going to be around 60 calls an hour because you're talking to people more often. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like. I really like that software, and I'm, I'm, I'm just. I've been using it for three years, and I still have maybe broached 10%, or just 10% of its capability. Um, and yeah. Is it just flexible? Like what's the, like, what's the best part that you can use it on your phone, on your desktop on your laptop. And it just, it's something that's follows you around. Is that one of your favorite parts about it? No, that's, that's actually, I don't like using the app itself. I like just the software. I like the, I like the software on the computer better. Um, it's like a, it's just so strong. <laughs> it's like a motorcycle, you know, and, or a rocket, um, it makes it so it helps you s save a lot of stress. Most importantly, I think in the sales process, um, uh, you know, you don't have to hear the phone ringing all the time. You don't hear fax machines popping up. Um, you don't have to repeat yourself on every single voicemail. You just move on to the next call. It's all preset for you. And there's, you know, you don't have to send an email after somebody says, yeah, send me an email. You just put their email in and it sends them the email automatically. Um, you can even add them to a campaign, um, an email campaign. It also includes print advertising that can be part of that campaign. So instead, they receive an email this day and another day they receive a postcard, uh, stuff like that. It's, a, it's really robust. On top of that, they also have uh, appointment scheduling and uh, follow-up calls stuff. So it, um, when the next time you log in, if you're really using it a lot, you know the people that are, pr are priority on your list um, will be the first people that you call. And it's all automatic. You don't have to think about it. 
Um, and then teams working with teams is, is multiplies all of that benefit by like an exponential amount, because then there's so many different things that you can do with teams of salespeople. That's incredible. I'm definitely going to put a link to that in the description for this episode. Oh, and Mojo, you if you're listening, can you, you can sponsor link? too. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if people use my link because then I get a discount. It's really expensive. Ooh. Yeah, just shoot me an email with it and I'll, I'll put it in the description for you. Cool, thank you. All right, so um, a couple more questions. If This one, if you had a magic wand and you could make any custom piece of software, any custom technology that would... Uh, help you specifically or anybody in your industry do their business to the best of their abilities, what would that software do? Mm. I, it, it would be to put, make Mojo a much better app that is more automated so that I can literally be just have the phone in my pocket and it's, uh, has voice commands and, um, and I can just do something else. I could be exercising, making sales calls, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be the best. Okay. And what would you consider to be a technical pain point in your industry? So, for example, um, if, if you've mm -hmm. noticed in your industry, there's a lot of subpar websites where yeah. they're just branded really poorly or client portals that just yeah. aren't user-friendly. Uh, or things like that. What is a, a pain point that you see within your industry two, technologically? There's two things that are a pain point. One is um, the the way that commercial realtor software doesn't accommodate business listings that well. It's it's kind of complicated. Um, and then the other thing is uh, business listing sources are um i think maybe there needs to be some more competition because the one that is uh the dominant player in the market is uh uh very very expensive and some minor things in there are they charge for them it's kind of not it's not focused on um It's more focused on, ex I, can't, I can't use that word. Uh, it's more focused on like making money from our efforts um, than it is about helping us make more money, you know? Um, and uh, the it, they're also starting to adopt some extremely unethical practices that like Zillow has. I'm not afraid to talk crap about Zillow, um, <laughs> man, the, the whole thing about, um, you know, uh, placing other agents profiles and links and phone numbers to their stuff on unique agents listings is a very unethical practice. And I, I hate it to the core so deeply. A lot of other realtors do too, but I think it's starting to happen, um, in the business broker uh, realm as well. And it's not a good thing. It needs to, something else needs to happen. What would that be? I have no idea, but not that. <laughs> uh. 
All right. Well, we can move on to a more fun topic, and that's what I would call the lightning round. I just have a few questions. It's kind of rapid fire, you know, a few word answers. Um, first thing that pops to your mind, you know, get a grade on it, and it's just uh, whatever just kind of pops in your mind and what you think it is. So are you ready to jump into the lightning round? Do it. Okay. Russell, what is your favorite food? Korean food. Anything specific? Uh, <laughs> um, duck bagi bulgogi. Okay. Favorite it's, uh, brand to beef, follow? It's kind of a beef soup. Oh. Sorry, sweet beef soup. <laughs> sweet brand? beef soup. Okay. Yeah, brand? favorite brand to follow. Yep. Um, favorite brand? Uh, Nike. Okay. Favorite band or artist? ACDC. What was the first car you had? Honda Civic. Honda Civic. What does your future hold? Mm. More family time. And lastly, how do people get in touch with you? They can go to my website, russellbernstein.biz, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N dot B-I-Z. They can also find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all with the handle bizrussell, B-I-Z-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. And they can call me. Um, Okay. What's your phone number? 504-500-1774. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Russell. I'm, I'm so happy that we got to catch up and, and chat a little bit, and I appreciate your time, and have a great rest of the day.